something is coming. Something hungry for blood. A shadow grows on the wall behind you, swallowing the darkness. It is almost here. What is it? What if it's the Demogorgon? Oh, Jesus, we're so screwed if it's the Demogorgon. It's not the Demogorgon. An army of troglodytes charge into the chamber. Troglodytes. Told you. Hear that? That that sound. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh! That didn't come from the troglodytes. No, that that came from something else. The Demogorgon! We're deep shit! Hello there, and thank you for joining me on To Gamers With Love, your weekly gaming-related podcast. My name is Justin, and this week we're going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons and some cool new games that are coming out soon. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get into it. So I thought we would start this uh, initial episode of To Gamers With Love uh, where kind of games in a lot of ways started themselves uh, with Dungeons and Dragons, a game that I never really played as a kid growing up because I was a little too late for it. I uh, grew up in the 80s and so Nintendo was kind of my jam, right? And I kind of grew up on on video games, which are really just more technological versions of the underpinnings of what Dungeons and Dragons established before that. So I thought it'd be cool to look at the uh, the sort of the history of Dungeons and Dragons a little bit, leading up to right around when I was born um, in the 80s. So I'm, I'm getting all of this from the official D&D website, Wizards of the Coast. Um, and it starts out just by, by saying this. It says, Dungeons and Dragons influenced so many games that followed in different media and genres, but it has remained a vital product in its own right, appearing in diverse editions, media languages, as well as spinning off into literature, film, television, and the internet. It has been a source of inspiration for artists of many kinds, but more importantly, it has enriched the lives of tens of millions around the globe, offering a chance for anyone to experience fantastic roles and situations very different from everyday life. On the occasion of the 40th anniversary of Dungeons and & Dragons and the release of an eagerly awaited new edition, this timeline shows some important dates in the development, elaboration, and the triumph of Dungeons & Dragons. So the first date that they offer here, it goes all the way back to 1967 at the International Federation of Wargaming, or IFW, which was founded by a person named Gary... Gigax? Gigax? I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that name. And others, provide, providing a venue for wargame fans to exchange ideas and amateur game designs. So, started off with a conference, a, con a convention, uh, where gamers came together to share ideas. Um, and then that grew into uh, this, 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 this person, Gigax, hosts uh, Lake Geneva Wargames Convention um, and invites folks to that in 1968, the year after that. Gygax meets Dave Arn Arneson at the second generation convention, and and two ex they both express a mutual interest in collaborating on the on creating rules of like game rules. Um, they were interested in like this medieval period, and they sort of created like a subgroup out of the IFW Medieval Wargaming group. Um, and members of this group uh, were are, were assigned property in an imaginary continent called the Great Kingdom. And so Gygax and Arneson join into that group uh, around 1970. And then in 1971, um, Gygax and a person named Jeff Perrin publish uh, a, a 
piece of writing called Chainmail, uh, which detailed fantastic medieval miniature warfare, which included wizards, heroes, and dragons. Um, Arneson then uses Chainmail as rules for his Blackmore fantasy campaign situated in that fantasy realm of Great Kingdom that they had kind of invented, uh, which included forays into dungeons of monsters and treasures. In the summer of 1972, Arneson publishes Facts About Blackmore via issue number 13 of the Castle and Crusade Society newsletter, The Doomsday Book, which brings his activities to a wider audience. Later in the year, Arneson demonstrates the Blackmore game for Gygax in Lake Geneva. Dave Megary then demonstrates his own Dungeons of Pasha Keda, later to be published as Dungeon! Exclamation point. In 1973, the first drafts of Dungeons and Dragons are worked on by Gygax and Arneson. Gygax and Kay form a partnership called the Technical Studies Rules. Brian Bloom joins Technical Studies Rules to help produce the Dungeons and Dragons game. By 1974, Dungeons and Dragons is first published in January as three booklets shipping in a wood grain colored cardboard box. It's called Men and Magic, Monsters and Treasure, and a little, little exclusive there, and Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. Within 11 months, the entire hand-assembled print run of 1,000 games sells out. So then in 1975, a second 1,000-set printing of Dungeons & Dragons sells out in just under six months, followed quickly by a third printing of all 2,000, all sold before the new year. In 1976, they continue, you know, throughout the 70s, it continues to grow in popularity. They continue to print more copies of the, of the game, selling out, shipping to people. The first professional magazine devoted to fantasy and science fiction gaming is published called The Dragon, which begins bi-monthly publication in June of 1976. By 1977, Dungeons and Dragons is divided into basic and advanced versions. Uh, the D&D set, the basic set edited by Eric Holmes becomes the first Dungeons and Dragons boxed, shit, boxed set to ship with dice included. Uh, also in that year, TSR Hobbies publishes the Monster Manual, the first book in the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons product line. Its 350 monsters exert a huge influence over subsequent fantasy gaming, both on the tabletop and on computers, which were first starting to appear around that time. By 1978, the Player's Handbook, the second Advanced Dungeons & Dragons hardcover, is released. By the time we get to the 1980s, around 250,000 units of Dungeons & Dragons products were sold prior to the start of the year 1980. By the summer of 1980, sales of the basic set alone reached 12,000 copies per month. To meet this growing international and domestic demand, TSR Hobbies in the UK is formed in England. So that's for the international demand. They, they form a new subsidiary in England. Um, and then... In 1982, the year that I was born, Dungeons & Dragons has become a cultural icon, appearing in numerous mainstream media and even inspiring a scene in the film E.T. So there's more, but I think that's a really interesting kind of early chronology of this game. Um, I, I experienced it as it's described there, sort of through films and movies and television, uh, I never actually played it because I was a little too young. I know my, my I had a couple of older cousins who played it, um, and I heard sort of these hushed rumors of, of what they were doing, and it was kind of like a secret thing almost. It was like, if you know, you know. Um, and I didn't know as a kid, so I, d I never quite got to play it. But I'm 40 now, and I love the show Stranger Things, as so many millions of people do. And every time a new season of Stranger Things appears, I always start to sort of want to find myself getting into Dungeons and Dragons. 
because I'm a huge video gamer. And I recognize that the stuff I love about video games all comes from Dungeons and Dragons, creating a character, exploring fantasy, sci-fi worlds, you know, leveling up, getting cool new gear that does cool new stuff. My Dungeons and Dragons was Final Fantasy XI, the online version of, you know, the, the online MMO version of, of the Final Fantasy games. And I played, I still play that game. I've played it for 20 years. And, you know, it, you can't get much closer to a Dungeons and Dragons-like experience than an MMORPG. I mean, MMORPGs are essentially the digital video game versions of Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of the math and rolling and creation and all that, all that kind of gets done by the code. It gets be done behind the scenes and video games are of course much more visual and and um, while still tapping into your imagination, they, they, they ask you to rely on that a little bit less um, because you've got sort of art and worlds that have been created for you. And I, I, that's the thing I love the most about video games is how artists create these interactive digital worlds that are just so immersive. And, you know, I, I never really had the chance to do that on my own. You know, I've always wanted to make a video game, but I don't quite have the computer coding skills to do that. Um, but D&D was kind of, you didn't need any of that stuff. You could just make the worlds up by yourself. So uh, I'm excited to, to sort of start my journey into Dungeons and Dragons. I actually have a, a group of friends that we're going to be starting a campaign, kind of getting, just get, just dipping our toes in next week. And I'm hoping to use part of this podcast to kind of chronicle my journey through Dungeons and Dragons. The other part of this podcast, of course, is about video games. And so I don't, I don't want to neglect that aspect. So we're going to put Dungeons and Dragons to the side for now. Thanks for listening to that sort of brief history. If you want to leave me a comment or hit me up on Twitter, let me know what you think about Dungeons and Dragons and kind of where you're at with it. Uh, do you play? And if so, what should I uh, look out for as a brand new player who really doesn't know anything about how to do it? Um, so on the next part of the podcast, let's uh, let's take a look at some games that are coming out this week. All right, so uh, first off, props to uh, Game Informer magazine, one of my favorite video game publications. I will say I've I've always really appreciated the integrity that Game Informer has brought to the table. Um, and so this list comes from their website. So check them out and, you know, subscribe, order their whatever they've got to offer, you know. <laughs> this podcast episode brought to you by Game Informer. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so one that's coming out that you might want to think about is a game called Garden Story. It's actually coming to Xbox Games Pass on July 12th. Um, this was released for the Switch a couple months ago. I actually bought it. Didn't love it. I, it was a little too kind of like saccharine for me. It was a little too kind of, I don't know, um, like basic, but it did remind me of a game that I loved growing up called Earthbound. It kind of has the same sort of uh, pixel art aesthetic, but you basically play as like a, a vegetable. Um, you're this little uh, grape. Well, I guess grapes aren't vegetables. You're a grape. Um, from their official website, it says, embark on a wholesome adventure to save the grove, forage resources, combat the invasive rot, and restore the community. Relax and enjoy the fruits of your labor in this charming action RPG starring a grape. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of a hack and slash Zelda esque kind of game, very cute sort of pixel art. There's leveling up, there's resource management, there's kind of comes cool stuff. So it's a neat little game. It was like, it was only like six bucks on switch. It was not expensive. So I picked it up. Um, didn't really play it too much, but you might want to try it out on games pass if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Rune factory five is also coming out on switch this, uh, on July 15th. I have not, um, touched that game in years. Uh, but if you're into Rune Factory, that one's coming out. You might dig it. Um, there's a game coming out on PC on July 13th called Loopmancer. Uh, 
Um, let's see what Game Informer has to say about Loopmancer. It looks kind of neat. Um, this is a this is uh, written by Marcus Stewart on April twenty first on on Game Informer's website. I'll put a link in the in the description of this episode. But uh, Loopmancer is an upcoming cyberpunk time looping action roguelite. Good God, that's way too many descriptors. By eBrain Studio, poised to slash its way to your living room this year. The game looks promising, and I got to test my metal against a demo to see how well it's shaping up. Centers on a detective named Zhang Zhu who gets killed during a mission tracking an underground crime lord. However, he awakens back in his apartment earlier that morning. That's right, our officer is trapped in a mysterious loop, but he retains memories of his past lives. Figuring out the cause of this loop will be one of the core plot points in E-Brain, promises that players' accumulation of knowledge plays an essential role in shaping Loopmancer's storytelling. Sounds cool. It reminds me of, uh, what was that game that came out on Switch that was uh, like the Ninja Samurai Warrior game? Oh gosh, uh, I can't remember now, but that was a cool game. Reminds me of that. It looks cool too. It looks kind of like it's made in like maybe Unreal. It's got like kind of neat looking graphics, sort of looks like a side scroller. I might keep your eyes peeled on that one. That looks kind of neat. Um, it looks like it's exclusive to PC. I'm not sure what platforms it on. I can check real quick, actually. Let's see, is it on Steam? Let's do a quick search, shall we? Loopmancer, it is. It's on Steam. It's about, it's on, you know, it's about 22 bucks. Uh, I'm going to add that to my wish list because it looks really neat, uh, actually. And it's coming out. Oh, it's out. It's out now, actually. Uh, so maybe I'll buy that and I'll I'll do a review on our, on our next episode of Two Gamers with Love because it looks really, really cool. Um, the last one I'll mention is a new Nintendo game coming out, not this week, but soon-ish. They've said Summer 22, Kirby's Dream Buffet. It's kind of like Fall Guys meets Kirby. Uh, you and four, three other friends kind of compete to eat as much as you can as Kirby and kind of battle it out through these obstacle courses. Looks really cool. It sounds to be an exclusive to the eShop, so I'm hoping it's maybe like a $20 game or maybe even a free-to-play game would be, would be nice. Um, but that one looks like one you might want to have on your radar. It could be kind of a fun time, uh, you know, with that Nintendo flavor. So couple of games coming out to, to have on your radar right now. I'll end it there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Two Gamers with Love. I'd love to, you know, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Any way you want to help support the work I'm trying to do with games is super helpful and I'm grateful for it. I really just want to create an audience here, a community of people who love games. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to, you know, make a million dollars. I'm just wanting to like share the love of video games that that so many of us have. So hit me up with some comments, um, jump into the Discord, which doesn't exist yet, but it will at some point. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you all. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Justin, and I'll see you on the next episode.